Hi everyone and welcome to Games Are Fun, the weekly video game podcast show that talks about video game news, stories, and highlights. My name is Luke and thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Games Are Fun. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about E3 2019 and all the major announcements that we saw this past week at the press conferences. So basically what I'm going to do in today's episode is I'm going to talk about each press conference. I'm going to be talking about Microsoft, Bethesda, Ubisoft, the kind of funny games showcase, Square Enix, and then Nintendo's uh, Direct on Tuesday morning. So I'm going to be talking about all the, the major highlights from each of the press conferences. I'd love to talk about every announcement that was made at each conference, but of course, We'd be here all day if I did that. So I'm just going to be talking about the, the major announcements that you guys want to know about. And then I'm going to be talking about things I liked from each press conference, things I didn't like from each press conference. And then at the end of the show, I'm going to rank the press conferences from, you know, the worst to the best. I thought this year, this year is really interesting. I have a lot of thoughts about E3 as a whole. Uh, with Sony not being there this year, it was very different. It had a very different feel to it than most people were used to in years previous. So, yeah, it's a, it was an interesting show, and I, I can't wait to share all my thoughts surrounding it. But before we get into all that, just a reminder that Games Are Fun is a weekly podcast that airs every Tuesday. That is, if it isn't delayed like this week's. Um, that's one thing I should mention. This week's episode was delayed, obviously, so that I could get all this information to you guys. And obviously, I couldn't do that with Nintendo wrapping on Tuesday, the podcast. At the same time, the podcast generally goes up. I had to delay it. So anyways, it goes out every Tuesday. Each week, I talk about video games. I'm talking about what's going on in the industry. I'm talking about major news announcements. And other times, I'm just sharing my experiences with video games what games I've been playing, what games I'm looking forward to, etc., etc. If you enjoy the show, make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to it on. Games Are Fun is available on iTunes, Google Podcasts. I guess iTunes actually is no longer. Apple announced that iTunes, rest in peace. So it's actually, you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, as well as all the other major podcast services. All you got to do is search for Games Are Fun. If nothing's coming up, just put in an exclamation point at the end of that. Uh, and maybe type in podcast after Games Are Fun and you should be able to find it. For those of you who are fans of the show and already support the show, you can further your support by donating to the show. If you go into the show notes for wherever you're listening to it on, there'll be a link to my anchor page where you can basically pick a monthly payment uh, of, of a donation anywhere from a dollar a month up to $10 a month. And basically your donations fund the show. I'm looking at trying to expand the podcast. Um, I'm, I'm really looking at trying to bring in new recording equipment to improve the quality of the show and one of the the fastest ways to do that and the easiest ways to do that is to get some of the fan support from you guys uh, so donations are completely optional they're not required you can still enjoy this show every week for free but if you want to go that extra little mile throw a couple bucks my way i would be greatly i would greatly appreciate it so uh, please consider that uh, of course like i mentioned the link for that is in the show notes so just search uh, look for that down there. Now, let's get into today's show. So let's talk about E3 2019. It was an interesting year this year. Uh, because Sony wasn't there, uh, we also didn't have a traditional 
press conference from EA. Not that EA steals E3 every year, but it was just weird to have, you know, EA played this kind of weird live stream thing on the Saturday um, before everything, and then also not seeing Sony there on the Monday night where they usually are. Now, there were some things that I think picked up where we where things were missing. So we had the Kind of Funny Game Showcase. Of course, you guys know I'm a big fan of Kind of Funny and the content they produce. And they had their own showcase similar to the one that they did back in December that had 60 plus indie games. And so that was a great addition to this year's E3. Um, I also thought Square had a really good press conference. Last year's Square, it was kind of like a uh, digital direct, I guess. It was just a video posting announcements and stuff. This time they actually had a traditional press conference on a stage. So I thought Square did really well. Uh, Ubisoft didn't really do much for me. Of course, I'm gonna go into details with all of these when we talk about each one. Um, and then Microsoft, uh, I'm kind of disappointed from them this year, uh, which is really unfortunate because I was really thinking that this was gonna be the year that they were going to bring down the house. It was their opportunity because they're their biggest competitor PlayStation wasn't there, so all eyes were on them, and I just don't think they they capitalized uh, on that. And so, yeah, it's it's interesting. So let's let's start off by talking about Microsoft's conference. So of course, it was in the afternoon on Sunday. Um, Xbox had their their conference, and I'm just gonna go over some of the the major announcements that were made at at the Microsoft. Um, they're not in any particular order. These are just things that I found interesting and wanted to talk about. Um, yeah, so let's start off with the biggest thing. Of course, this wasn't at the beginning of the show, but this was the biggest thing. Uh, so Microsoft announced their next generation console, and it's called Project Scarlet. Um, basically, the device renders uh, games up to 120 frames per second, up to 8K, 8K resolution and then a whole bunch of other computer mumbo jumbo that I'm not familiar with and it's coming holiday 2020 there was no official like unveiling of what it looked like or what its name was it was just announced as project scarlet which is like the code name the the placeholder name until they have they they announce the name of this next gen console um, but yeah, they basically, it, it, it's nothing new that we didn't know. All that we knew and found out from this is some more current specs of what this console is going to look like, as well as, you know, when it's going to be coming, and that's holiday 2020. Now, some people were really surprised. They thought that that was really late for the console to come out. I Consoles traditionally come out in the holiday season of each year. You, the PS4 was the same, the Xbox One was the same. And so it makes sense to me. I thought maybe that, you know, they would announce it here and then maybe release it for next spring, um, maybe in March or something like that. But I, I, I didn't think that was going to be it. That's something like, as we saw with Nintendo releasing the Switch in the spring, that was kind of a smart move in my eyes because a lot of times and in the holiday season you have so many other games coming out you have um you know the 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 the, the, the there's so many people buying consoles that they generally run into a shortage and so that only gives them a couple months to kind of restock the stores with the hardware so that people can 
buy them for Christmas presents and that kind of stuff, right? So I don't know. I thought it'd be cool if they, they announced that their next gen console was coming out at a different time, but I, it's it's nothing new. This is, this is how it is generally. Um, but yeah, there was speculation that maybe that was going to happen this year, that we were going to see this next gen console releasing for, you know, fall or holiday season 2019. But at any rate, they're still a little ways away. We can expect next E3 for it to have, well, maybe not even next E3. We might hear more at, uh, at an XO19 event or something like that. But basically, we can expect that we're next year is probably going to be the time where they officially unveil it, they show it off, what it looks like, what its name is. Uh, they're going to show do their gameplay demos and stuff like that. So yeah, I think a lot of people just caught off guard that it's so far away. I think people were having that expectation that it was closer, but I don't want to talk. I got lots of stuff to cover. So um, yeah, it, the, my last note on that is just, I, why bother with this if, if you're not really going to show it off? I mean, they, I guess they kind of have to, but it just, it didn't really excite me in any way because it's like, okay, great. Um, we saw a new trailer for Halo Infinite. Uh, it was at the end of the show, I believe. It was not a gameplay trailer. It was a cinematic trailer, and it's supposed to release holiday 2020 as well, just alongside Project Scarlet. So it'll be a launch title, which is really good. I kind of expected Halo Infinite to hopefully be like a cross plat or like a multi-platformer game for them to release Halo Infinite on the Xbox One at the end of the generation and then also to release it console launch. But it's unfortunate that we're going to have to wait till the next generation to play this new Halo game. But what can you do? Um, yeah, so there, there was a cinematic trailer that you can go ahead and probably look up on YouTube if you want to watch that. Um, what else did we get? Okay, now I'm going to kind of just talk about... That was basically... The, the very Microsoft-esque things that I think a lot of people were waiting for is that reveal of Halo Infinite and maybe a gameplay or a release date, but we didn't get that. Let's talk about some other things. So a, a big thing that happened was Double Fine Productions was acquired by Microsoft. Of course, last year, Microsoft has this big stance of acquiring all these studios to develop Xbox first-party games. And Double Fine Productions is now under the Microsoft family and in the Xbox Game Studios. Um, so Double Fine Productions, of course, is led by Tim Schafer. They did games like the Psychonaut series. Um, my favorite Double Fine game is Brutal Legend. I've talked about it on the show before. And yeah, this is a great studio acquisition. I mean, Double Fine is is great. And Psychonauts 2, from my understanding, is a game that has been in development for a while. And it's probably getting closer and closer to release. So we got a, a trailer on Psychonauts 2. And I think this is great because Double Fine does some really great work. And now that they have that funding from Microsoft to kind of aid in development of games, that's just a, a super big bonus. So I'm that's a great studio acquisition. Um, I was really excited when they announced that. Um, we got to see another new trailer for The Outer Worlds, kind of showing some gameplay off and everything. And we also got a release date for it. So it's going to come out October 25th. It is not going to be an exclusive to Xbox, of course. The Outer Worlds was in development before Xbox had acquired Obsidian. Or is it Obsidian? 
I believe it's obsidian. Now I've just confused myself. Give me one sec. I just want to confirm the Outer Worlds. What studio is behind that? Do, 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 do. Yes, it is Obsidian. Okay, I thought. I don't know why I was confused there. But anyways, yeah, it's coming out October 25th. It was in development before Xbox had acquired Obsidian. So it's going to be multi-platform, PlayStation 4, Xbox One. But the game is coming to Xbox Game Pass on launch date. Um, so that's really, really sweet. We, and Microsoft announced that their first party games were going to be you know, released day and date on Game Pass as well as the same day that they're available to purchase uh, on the digital store or, or on retail. And I was surprised that this game actually is going to be a Game Pass launch game just because, you know, this is published by um, Take-Two's interactive private division. And so it, it's just crazy to me that they were able to, to swing that deal. I guess Microsoft owns... The company but again when you get into the publishing it's 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 just a it's 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 confusing so anyways that's really exciting i'm pumped for that because of course that world is kind of like a futuristic sci-fi setting um follow basically obsidian was the one who developed fallout new vegas and it looks exactly like uh, a fallout game so i'm really excited for the outer worlds i will 100 percent be playing it the day it comes out same day that call of duty actually comes out um not that those are two very different games but um those are two big games coming at the same time so all right now let's get into our next thing here we finally got a all new redesigned elite controller it's called the series 2 it's basically the elite controller but upgraded so um, it's got a charging dock that comes with it which is really neat it has uh, some more customization options where you can kind of tighten tighten and loosen the the analog sticks i think or like um, how control the triggers and how hard you have to press them that kind of stuff um, the, the Elite controller is very cool. Nothing that I would probably go out of my way to purchase unless I had a ton of extra spare cash lying around, which is never the case. And it, it's more for those hardcore gamers that are really into, you know, multiplayer gaming and that kind of stuff, multiplayer shooters. And, but it, it's cool. We've been waiting for an Elite upgrade for such a long time. I think the, the Elite controller launched before the Xbox One S even launched. So it's it's long overdue. This one looks really cool. It looks like there was some sort of like three settings you could have, like controller setup settings um, for whatever game you're playing and you could like pre-program them. That's my understanding from the, the trailer on that, but really cool. Um, we got uh, Sega's RPG Fantasy Star Online 2 is finally coming to the West. Of course, it, it was announced that it was coming to the West a long time ago, and it's coming to Xbox One and PC, which is a huge score for Microsoft. Of course, when we think PlayStation and we think of JRPGs, we're generally thinking of PlayStation and then Nintendo, right? So for Xbox to get a big, you know, MMORPG like Fantasy Star Online 2, to come exclusively to Xbox in the West, that, that's great. So it's coming spring 2020 and it's gonna be free to play. 
Uh, we got the Tales of Arise is coming to 2020. Of course, this is a new Tales game. The Tales series has a bunch of different games in it. Uh, this actually leaked, unfortunately, for Bandai Namco before the press conferences happened. And we basically got uh, a trailer showing it off. And I believe it had a date of 2020 on it. Um, and then continuing on the same lines, Elden Ring was a new game announced. And that is behind uh, Hidetaki Miyazaki, I believe. Hidetaki Miyazaki, I believe. Uh, Dark Souls um, from From Software, right? Dark, Dark Souls. Uh, Bloodborne, I don't know if he's actually, I don't know, I guess you quote that, I don't know if he's behind Bloodborne, but the, the Soul series um, is collaborating with George R.R. R. Martin to create a game uh, kind of set in a fantasy world. So we got a cinematic trailer for it, just showing off some different things. Don't really know what the game is or what it looks like, but that's really cool that, you know, we have the mind of George R.R. R. Martin, of course, writer of Game of Thrones, coming in to help create this uh, video, new video game, Elden Ring. So I don't know, if, is it, if it's gonna be a Dark Souls type game, it's hard to say if I'll jump on board with that because I'm not really a Souls kind of player, but I, I'm definitely intrigued. I'd like to see, see more about it. Uh, we got a actual gameplay trailer of Battletoads. Battletoads was announced last year at Microsoft's conference, and we actually got to see some gameplay. So it's this awesome, really bright, vivid cartoon animation that looks hand-drawn at least, uh, and uh, you know it's a 2D side-scroller. So you'll have your typical couch co-op. Um, I don't know how many players, if it goes up to four players or not, but it looks really cool. No release date yet on it, but nonetheless, we got to take our first look at it. Um, this one is kind of an interesting, uh, we, Microsoft Flight Simulator is back. This was a really weird announcement to have on the stage. Of course, Flight Sim Simulator is generally a PC game, but it has gone back way, way, way back, uh, probably into the 90s, I want to say. Um, this new flight sim simulator looks incredible visually. Um, it's showing you fly different planes all around the world. And I'm very impressed on the graphics in 4K. Um, looks beautiful. Honestly, if it came, if it popped up on Game Pass, I would not doubt that I would check it out, right, on, on a new console. Uh, just to get those visuals and to kind of see what the game looks like. But yeah, nonetheless, it's kind of interesting uh bleeding edge is the new game from ninja theory this one actually leaked as well before the press conference basically it is a first per person game it's 4v4 looks like you're kind of you can pick as characters of different different kinds like kind of like heroes like over in overwatch i guess and i think the focus is on melee combat so you can kind of fight and uh, think of like Team Fortress, uh, Overwatch, um, that kind of stuff. So really interesting, big difference from their last release, Senua Sacrifice Hellblade. Um, it's it's a multiplayer game. It looks really cool. I I'm I haven't wrote it off. I'm I'm interested in it for sure. And this game was in development before it was announced that. Ninja Theory was acquired by Microsoft. So I'm assuming, I think they actually were starting to work, the development goes back to 2014 on this game. And then it was likely that when Microsoft, you know, 
bought them, they were able to help fund and get this game developed further and stuff. Uh, we got a new trailer for Ori and the Will of the Wisps and a release date, it's February 11th, 2020. It's been taking forever for that game to come out. And it just looks incredible. I'm really impressed with the graphics on that. I would highly recommend this when you go out and check out for yourself and watch gameplay. Um, Minecraft Dungeons is coming in spring 2020. This is really cool. It's like a dungeon crawler, but in Minecraft. So think of like Diablo mixed with Minecraft. Um, I'm really interested in it. it the, this new kind of top-down perspective for Minecraft looks really, really cool. I dig it. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm interested in that one for sure. Uh, we also got this weird teaser trailer for our new horror game that is a Blair Witch game, and that's coming out this year. Actually, in a couple months, it's coming out in August 30th. So it's a horror game. Um, this was a really cool trailer because you're kind of trying to figure out what this game is, and then to see that it was a Blair Witch game at the end was kind of shocking, but um, it looks really cool nonetheless. I'm a big horror game fan, as you guys know, so I'm interested in that. Uh, Forza Horizon 4 is getting a LEGO Speed Champions DLC. Looks kind of cool. Of course, Forza Horizon 3 paired up with Hot Wheels for a DLC expansion, so um, yeah, that was, that was pretty neat. Um, and then we got just, I'm just going to kind of go over rapid fire here of some other things we got to see lego star wars the skywalker saga so online films and an all new game so we're going to get all the lego games for star wars compiled into one but what's really more interesting in this is the fact that the last jedi did not receive a lego video game and um we weren't sure or not if this new one was going to get a lego game either so we're gonna get all nine films in lego form so that's really sweet um dying light 2 we got to see another trailer that's supposed to come spring 2020 uh we got to look at the mobile game gears pop with crosses over with funko pop uh state of decay 2 heartland is available now um i believe that's some dlc for the game we got a new trailer for wasteland 3 uh, a game called The Legend of Right, an RPG that looks like a kid is drawing on a notebook. Uh, Spirit Fair, and a new game called Crossfire X. It's based on the uh, an online game uh, from the the from my understanding is quite popular in China. I don't know anything about it, but it was just a cinematic trailer. Got another trailer for Borderlands Three. And then there's lots of uh, other things like Game Pass uh, is coming to PC. So that's kind of cool. Um, you're you're going to be able to play Master Chief Collection on PC, that kind of stuff. And yeah, we got some, uh, some more additions to Game Pass. Uh, Batman Arkham Knight, Metro Exodus, Hollow Knight, and Borderlands The Handsome Collection released the day of and then there were some other ones i believe that were added after that um yeah they also include this game pass ultimate subscription service so basically it combines xbox live gold subscription with xbox game pass to a low monthly payment and you're actually saving a significant amount of money i did the math where I added up how much I'd pay for Game Pass in a year, as well as how much I pay for Xbox Live Gold in a year, and I save like 50 to 60 bucks a year um, just by switching to this Ultimate. So it's really cool, we're saving money. What you can do is you can just change your subscriptions, um, 
if you go onto Microsoft's website or Xbox website, you can switch your subscription to Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, upgrade to that, and basically once your your gold is up and your game, it'll just roll over to those payments and stuff. So um, yeah, really cool uh, upgrade to our subscriptions. And then what else did we get? We got, oh yeah, okay, this is what I wanted to leave for, oh, okay. How should I do this? Let's, I'm going to talk about one thing and then I'm going to talk about another thing. <laughs> yes, that's how, how podcasts work. Um, no, what I'm going to talk about first is Microsoft's xCloud discussion. So Phil Spencer was on stage talking about, I think it was Phil Spencer talking about this, and then he was talking about xCloud. Of course, we were eagerly anticipating what Microsoft's approach to streaming video games is going to be. And unfortunately, we were left with a lot more questions on on what it actually is. So basically, they they kind of announced xCloud and referred that it's it's going to go into a public test uh, in this fall in November, I believe, or October or something like that. And that it's... Uh, see, it's, it's so hard for me to describe it because it's... Here, let me find an article here that, that highlights it a little bit better. Uh, because I know that after the press conference, um, Phil Spencer did an interview that kind of, I think, clarified a couple questions that people had. Um, so this is from TechCrunch, Brian Heater. Microsoft Sunday E3 pressure was all about the games. In fact, while the company did offer some information about hardware and services, the information all arrived fast and furious at the end of the conference. While it's probably unsurprising that the company had very little to offer in the way of information about its upcoming 8K console, Project Scarlet, most of us expected Project xCloud to get a lot more face time on stage. The company powered through a whole lot of information about its upcoming streaming offering like it was going out of style or perhaps like the lights were going out at its own theater. Um, so let's see here. I'm just going to scan through this article. Okay, so... Basically, we caught up with a few Microsoft reps on our final day of the show to answer some questions. The company is unsurprisingly still mum on a number of key details around the offering. A couple of key things are worth clarifying, though. For starters, console stream is not considered a part of Project X Cloud. So they kind of made an announcement about streaming the games from your Xbox to your devices. Um, so rather, the ability to play games on one's own Xbox One remotely is a separate feature that will be coming to users via software update. So it's basically a remote play. It's, it's nothing more than that. Um, but they did say like xCloud is still a thing where you can stream games using xCloud servers uh, from around the world. Um, but... Uh, in this article, they asked what the advantages console streaming has over the parallel xCloud offering. Microsoft's answer was simple. It's free. Fair enough. This serves as a two-fold purpose. First, it helps differ diff differentiate Microsoft's streaming offerings from Stadia. And second, provides another val value proposition for the console itself. As to how performance is expected to differ between console streaming and xCloud, it wouldn't comment. So... Again, like this article doesn't even have a lot of details. Basically, from my understanding, was it that xCloud is its own kind of streaming service where you can stream 
games from. Um, but the other thing is streaming games from your Xbox. Now, I don't know what the big question is. Is it like remote play with the PlayStation 4 where I have to be at home, I have to be connected to the same Wi-Fi, and I just am streaming games from my Xbox to my phone or my tablet or whatever? Or is this something that basically uses the cloud and the internet and it takes my Xbox and everything that's on that and just puts it on the go? If it's like that, that's really sweet. That's really cool because now we can just basically take our Xbox console on the go with us as long as we have a, a steady internet connection somewhere. And then xCloud, you know, being very similar to Stadia. But before before we know all that, I did want to mention, you know, Stadia what, did have a press conference just before E3. It was shortly after last week's episode went up and they talked all about what Stadia was, when it's coming and uh, laid it out how much it costs and what its ecosystem looks like. And they did a really great job at that. Um, of course, we saw how Stadia works, and I talked about that on previous episodes. Now we know here, here's the rollout for it, here's what it is, here's what you can expect from it. And they did a really solid job at showing what that, what that was. And Microsoft did not do that here on their stage. I left confused. I didn't understand it. I still don't really understand what it is. And that's just terrible. If the consumer doesn't really have a strong understanding of what you're trying to sell or what your what product you're trying to sell, it's just like you're clearly missing the mark there. And so, yeah, big disappointment from that, which really made me upset about the whole conference in, in general. I, I, I had to really refrain from you know, judging the entire, everything else that was announced at the conference from this one, you know, sour point. There was so many awesome games announced. There was, it was a solid conference in that sense. We got some really great news, but there was also so many disappointments of, you know, things like that, or not really having any information on next gen console, not having any gameplay for Halo. Like those are all things that I think, you know, lacked, but moving on from that, because we do got to keep moving here. I did want to mention something that was really exciting. And that was probably the biggest announcement at the thing. So basically, we got to see a new trailer for Cyberpunk 2077. And it was a cinematic trailer. It wasn't a gameplay trailer or anything like that. But at the end of the trailer, what happened was... uh, this character comes on screen with sunglasses and we see that he takes sunglasses off. We see that Keanu Reeves. And so Keanu Reeves is going to be a character within cyberpunk 2077. And the crowd just went like was freaking out at this moment. Now for myself, I'm not like a diehard Keanu Reeves fan. I think he's a cool guy. I like John wick. I like the matrix back in the day. But other than that, like he's just he's just a, he's just a cool guy to me. I, I'm not great. I don't lose my shit over him. But I understand that he is that for a lot of people, and so that's why this is so cool. I'm just impressed that you know we're having this character in, you know, and I love seeing actors like mainstream actors making their way into video games. Um, so yeah, this is really cool. And then he came out on stage talked about you know him being in cyberpunk and everything like that and then to end off he's like you want to know like when this game comes out and he's like check this out and he points at the screen and it shows the date so cyberpunk 2077 is coming out april 16th 2020 which is a perfect release date for this game i was worried he was going to come out in this fall 
because there's so many things happening, you know, with Death Stranding and Jedi Fallen Order, Doom Eternal, so many big games this fall. And I'm glad that it's going to be at a time in spring where I'm going to probably have more free time to devote to this game. So I'm beyond excited. Cyberpunk 2077 looks incredible. I have been eagerly waiting this a game since it was first teased, that first teaser trailer I saw. And so it looks it looks great. It, it has the potential of being, you know, one of the greatest video games of all time, just based on what people uh, have, are talking about it and what I've seen through, you know, trailers and gameplay and stuff like that. So I'm pumped for it. And this was a highlight for the conference. It, it kind of stole the, the Keanu Reeves moment was the moment of E3 this year. It was the thing that everyone was talking about even days after it happened. So um, I would say that was the biggest positive high note for Microsoft conference. But altogether, it was a I would rate it like a seven out of ten. Um, it lacked in certain areas, but it did have a lot of great game announcements and um, yeah, it wasn't their best conference that they've ever done, but it's an improvement from some years previous for sure. Moving right along though to Bethesda's press conference. So Sunday night, Bethesda had their press conference. And to start off, I will say that I had very low expectations for Bethesda. I didn't really expect a lot. You know, this is the, the first E3 after the whole Fallout 76 fiasco that happened last fall when Fallout 76 launched. I'm not going to go into all the details around why that was a big deal if you're unfamiliar. Uh, most people are familiar with what happened there. Basically, Fallout 76 launched with so many issues within the game, as well as, you know, pre-order issues. Um, the game itself wasn't a lot of fun. I checked it out at the library because I, I, I was actually on board when it was announced. And then once I kind of saw that there was mixed reviews on it and a lot of them being negative I decided to hold off and basically rent it from the library I checked it out I couldn't get into it at all and so yeah the the, the fan base not only the the fan or sorry the fallout fan base was upset over this whole thing but Bethesda fans in general you know are going to criticize Bethesda for if they're if they make any poor moves during this press conference so we're watching them closely we're looking at certain things and i i didn't really know what to expect i i kind of knew that they were going to do a big talk on doom eternal and show that off and that we we're going to more than likely get a release date which we end up getting which i'll get to but other than that i didn't really know what to expect are we going to get new game announcements or are we, it was really unknown. So let's kind of go over what they talked about in the press conference. So um, again, in no particular order, Fallout 76 got uh, a lot of attention at the beginning of the show. So you had Todd Howard come out and it's exactly as I expected. They come out and they talk about how rough launch was, but like, here's looking towards the future. Here's our relaunch of the game. Here is content coming for, for the fall. Um, Basically, what we got shown off in particular for Fallout 76 is a new Battle Royale mode called Nuclear Winter. And then there was also a Wastelanders update. So we saw a brief trailer on the Battle Royale mode. And um, they talked about the Wastelanders update, which is introducing NPCs and uh, characters back into the game. That was one of the biggest complaints about Fallout 76 is that this big world was empty. And, you know... Fallout, 
the series is based on, you know, questing and interacting with these NPC characters. And when you take those out and just leave other people in the real world online to to be the only people within the game that you interact with, and aside from that, like robots and whatnot, you know, it, that's going to make for a very empty game and a lackluster gameplay experience. So fans cheered for the NPCs, but my reaction to that was like, well, why? It, it's a big deal, but I just was like... I didn't, I didn't get the applause. I will say before I get into any other announcements that the fans in the audience were really cringy. I don't know what was going on there. They were cheering like crazy after everything that was said on stage. So it made it seem very forced and fake and like almost if they were planted in the people were planted in the, the audience to to cheer and get people hyped or i don't know what the situation was again that's kind of leaning into like the whole conspiracy theory perspective but it honestly did look like it wasn't genuine and that they were cheering just for you know no reason whatsoever like there's times where they would cheer for things like when the announcers on stage would talk about just stu like they wouldn't even be finishing their finish their sentence and people were cheering and whatnot, which I found very weird. But anyways, moving on from that. So Fallout 76 got some stuff. Uh, there's a free trial period uh, that's on right now until the 17th of June. Um, so you can jump in there and check out Fallout 76 if you're interested. Uh, moving on to the Elder Scrolls series. Um, we found out that Elder Scrolls, uh, or sorry, Blade, Elder Scrolls Blades or whatever it's called, the, the mobile game is coming to Nintendo Switch. I could care less, honestly, I'm sorry, but the game looks not like a fun gameplay experience. And if I have a Switch and I want an Elder, Elder Scrolls experience, I'm probably just going to buy Skyrim, in all honesty, right? Um, I'm Yeah, we, we got some more information on uh, DLC coming to Elder Scrolls Online. Um, I think it was called, it was like something to do with dragons, dragon hold, I think is what it was called. And I believe that was slotted for a fall release. And then, yeah, that's really all I can, I think I took notes on for elder scrolls. Um, there was this mobile game called commander keen that was coming out. I think commander keen, I was watching the kind of funny watch along for the press conference and I think it was Tim or Andy was talking about Commander Keen being like an old school game from back in the day. Like it's an old IP and so it's coming as a free to play mall game. Woo, who cares? <laughs> Not a big fan. Mobile game announcements at big press conferences like that. Um, what else did we see? Um, we got a look at some Rage 2 DLC, which was expected. So... Um, there's, it's called Rise of the Ghost, that's coming out. Um, Doom Eternal was a, a big chunk of it near the end. Um, it's coming out November 22nd, 2019. It just looks like more of the awesome Doom stuff. I, I was such a big fan of Doom 2016 and I'm totally on board of getting this game day one. If you want an awesome first person shooter experience, I highly recommend playing Doom. Even if like that kind the 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 setting and environment within the game isn't really your cup of tea, I promise you that you will have a fun time. The mechanics are some of the best mechanics in the game. I would have to say like Wolfenstein and the new Doom games are probably some of the best shooters 
first person shooter games I've ever played. Um, with it even working on Rage 2 with Avalanche Studios, I, I can't vouch because I haven't played Rage 2, but like they are so good at making really seamless gameplay when it comes to first person shooters. So um, yeah, really excited for Doom. It's going to be coming for PC, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and Stadia, which is really cool. Um, from my understanding, there was a gameplay demo of Doom Eternal over at Stadia's, like Google Stadia's booth at E3, and people were talking about it uh, being really good. There wasn't a lot of input lag. You know, the game was responding to those button inputs and everything like that. So that was really, really cool. Um, one of my favorite things that we got to see was a new IP announcement. Uh, so Shinji Mikami, uh, the creator of Resident Evil, of course, um, head of Tango Gameworks, came out on stage to announce a brand new IP called Ghostwire Tokyo. And so we got a short cinematic teaser trailer um, showing off this game. It's basically you're in Tokyo, surprise, surprise. Um, and there's basically, it, it's kind of like a, it looks like a thriller horror game. Of course, Shinji is known for his horror games, Resident Evil, more recently, The Evil the evil within one and two with tango game works and so yeah it looks really cool i highly recommend that you go for yourself and go watch the the trailer on youtube i, I also posted it over on my twitter page as well as my facebook page you just kind of have to scroll down to find it but i'm pumped for this i mean i'm big resident evil fan big horror game fan big big fan of the evil within as well and so this game has a really cool atmosphere and environment uh, just based on what I saw from this, this short trailer. And so I can't wait to see more about it. Um, speaking of new IPs, Arcane Studios, of course, the developers behind Dishonored and more recently the Prey game announced a new IP called Deathloop. And so basically the game has you, there's two characters. And I, I from my understanding, you can play as one or the other Um probably both I'm, I'm gonna assume and you are basically trapped in an in a inescapable time loop and yeah it looks rad again i just recommend that you go and watch this one for yourself because this looked cool the biggest these were the two biggest takeaways from bethesda's conference for me personally like i said big horror fan so ghostwire tokyo super intrigued and then death loop just looks really really cool it kind of has this um, this, this kind of style to it that I'm really attracted to. Um, and then we got to see, you know, more, another trailer on Wolfenstein Youngblood, but of course that game's coming out next month, uh, July 26th. And so we don't have to wait too much younger for that. It's set in the 1980s. So it's a sequel to Wolfenstein 2. This is kind of like a standalone expansion. It's not a full-fledged sequel, but it's it's kind of like Uncharted Lost Legacy or something along the lines of that, or Far Cry New Dawn. It's basically a, a furthering the story, and you play as um, BJ Blazkowicz's daughters. And so really, really cool vibe. Again, very stylistic, and can't wait to play that one. Um, let's see here. I, the last thing I wanted to touch on, um, was Orion. So Bethesda came out on stage to talk a little bit about the future of streaming video games and from a development process. So basically Orion, <coughs> excuse me, Orion is developed by id software and it's basically allowing players to stream the latest Bethesda games 
um, on whatever streaming services. Now, I, from my understanding, it was more about the development process and um, utilizing, developing these games to make them really proficient when it comes to streaming them, right? This is a new switch in, in video games of streaming them. And so they came out on stage and kind of talked about how these their games are going to be developed with streaming in mind and a focus on that. So this I this was I was very surprised by this announcement and I actually kind of enjoyed that Bethesda they were the first one I and maybe obviously not the first one maybe they were I don't know but the first one that I saw to actually you know a big development studio coming out and saying here's what we are doing on the development side for streaming video games right we have Google Stadia and xCloud and Microsoft talking about streaming and all the, the technology that goes in behind that. But what is it from the other perspective of these developers? How can they design games with these kinds of things in mind going forward, right? Rather than just porting them and making them playable through streaming, right? So very cool. Uh, Bethesda's conference was not bad. It was better than I expected. If it wasn't for the, the fan base and you know, too much time focusing on little things that I'm not particularly a fan of, kind of like Elder Scrolls Online and, and Fallout 76. It, it was a solid conference. I would not put it above Microsoft's personally, but it was it was very strong. So uh, again, I'd put it like a, a 7 out of 10. Um, I just liked Microsoft's a little bit better. Now let's move on to the Monday and to kick things off is Ubisoft and... Yeah, I have lots of thoughts surrounding Ubisoft. So uh, the first thing I wanted to mention about their Ubisoft was obviously there was a big focus on Ghost Recon Breakpoint. We got uh, Ghost Re Recon Breakpoint announced earlier this year and we actually got to see some in-depth looks at gameplay and what that game is. And that uh, was unsurprised. Breakpoint looks really cool. I never got... To, like I, I probably put like 20 to 30 hours into Ghost Recon Wildlands. Really enjoyed it, but I eventually fell off because I, I moved on to other things. But I mean, this game looks rad. You have John Bernthal uh, starring in the game, which is really, really, really cool to see. Again, talking about Keanu Reeves and everything, it's cool to see these mainstream actors making their way into video games and starring in video games, not only just voicing, but having their the characters in the game designed off them and everything. So, um yeah, but the uh, I should have mentioned before that. Sorry, I just wanted to get that out of the way. But to start off the show, we got the reveal of Watch Dogs Legion. This is the third Watch Dogs game in the series. And as I predicted with Adam last week, it is set in London and it is coming out in 2020. It's coming out March 6, 2020. The coolest thing about Watch Dogs Legion is that you can play as any NPC in the game, any character in the game. Uh, they showed kind of a, a mixture of some cinematic trailers as well as a gameplay trailer. And basically, um, DeadSec, you're kind of hacking the high hacking. It, it's basically the fictional version of like Anonymous or something like that. And you can recruit and recruit basically people out in the world into your, your crew or whatever and play as those different characters. Choose who you want to play in your crew. Um, there was a lot of, when this, so this actually leaked uh, ahead of time and there was a little bit of people worrying about, well, I don't, 
know how I feel about that because you can't really have that connection to a, a you're the character you're playing as if you're just playing as random people throughout the game you won't really have that connection to the character and you know that can change your perspective when playing the video game but I honestly think that this is a really cool concept it's very very ambitious and I'm really excited to see how they pull it off um, I, I enjoyed Watch Dogs the first one I had no complaints over it it was a a good game. I it was it didn't blow blow my socks off or anything, but I enjoyed it. Watch Dogs 2, same same. It like improved on all the things that I disliked about the first Watch Dogs. And so, yeah, I'm definitely going to be getting this game when it comes out. Uh that's March 6, 2020. We got a new IP announcement. This was at the end of the show and it was called Gods and Monsters. So it's from the same developers uh behind the Assassin's Creed, the same studio um within Ubisoft. And it's basically Breath of the Wild meets Assassin's Creed Odyssey is the best way that people are, are, are summing it up. The art style is very Breath of the Wild-esque and, you know, you're dealing with that, with mythological creatures and everything. Uh, no gameplay, just a brief cinematic trailer which is weird because the game is slotted for February 25th, 2020. My guess, they don't make that. I don't know how they would put a specific date and not show, you know, Watch Dogs, a, a very ambitious game, maybe a little further along down the development process, maybe a bigger game. And so, but they, they gave that a release date of March and they did show gameplay off at E3. And so we're only like, you know, seven, eight months away from this new gods and monsters. So it's weird that they wouldn't show that, but maybe it's a smaller game. And uh, yeah, who knows? I have no idea. Um, Ubisoft is having its own subscription service called Uplay Plus. Basically, it gives you access. And from my understanding, this was PC only. So it's 50 bucks a month. You get access to a whole bunch of Ubisoft games and all their DLC and whatnot. And then, oh yeah, sorry. Uplay will be playable through Google Stadia. So that's kind of interesting. What I took away from this is there was a lot of discussion around, you know, excuse me, around streaming services and how Google Stadia could potentially have a subscription model. We found out that that wasn't necessarily the case. Uh, you pay a monthly fee, and but you still have to buy the games on top of that, um, which is interesting in itself. I'll have to save that discussion for another time, but. It, basically, what we were probably going to end up seeing is all these different companies having their own kind of service where like you pay your monthly for, for Stadia and then on top of that, you're also going to pay subscriptions for you're going to have your EA Access or EA whatever and you're going to have your Ubisoft Uplay, Bethesda probably will have something, um, you know, and basically you subscribe to these and can then stream, you'll have access to whatever that company's library is and be able to stream those games through Stadia or xCloud or whatever. So interesting, but I mean, you add it up, right? $15 a month for this one, you're already paying for Stadia's monthly pro subscription. If, you, if you're going that route, of course, they have the free route, um, but that doesn't have as many benefits. But then you add like three or four, you know, more developers behind that and that's going to add up right but in the long run i look at it as 
I pay 70 bucks a year roughly for Xbox uh, Live Gold and then you add on PlayStation PSN Plus on there and you add on Game Pass and so I've already saved me money like I mentioned with Game Pass Ultimate reducing that and so it's just kind of going to replace that hopefully but who knows uh, it, it's interesting because we are like I said Google say you're still going to have to buy some of those games on top of it but uh, there's this new roller derby game that got leaked ahead of time. Um, cool, interesting game. It looks like Rocket League mixed with roller skating, I guess. Um, it's a PvP game. Uh, Rainbow Six uh, gave some updates. Uh, a new... What do you call them? I'm blanking on what they you call your... What they call the heroes, I guess, in Rainbow Six Siege. Um... Whatever, you know what I'm talking about. You're, you're the, the characters you choose to play as. We've got a new one, very James Bond-esque. And uh, there's also a Rainbow Six Quarantine that's coming out next year. And that's a co-op version of Rainbow Six. It looks like it's kind of focusing on some sort of zombie or monster type thing. So that's kind of cool. Uh, Just Dance this still had its slot. And it is still being released for the Nintendo Wii. Just so you know. The Nintendo Wii came out in 2006, and it is in 2019. That is crazy. But, I mean, they must, however much money it costs for them to make the game for Wii, they must be making money off, uh, off of it for them to continue to do it however many years later, right? I, my, my assumption is that they probably sell these games a lot to, you know, for, for kids like schools or whatever, um, maybe like senior homes or something like that. So it, uh, it makes sense, but it just blows my mind. Um, Division 2 is free, depending on when you listen to this, uh, it's free to play June 13th and 16th. Uh, we got to look at when we're going to see some uh, DLC, like episode 1, 2, and 3, and when they're going to release. Uh, this wasn't actually in the press conference, but... There was uh, a pre-show that showed that Assassin's Creed Odyssey is getting a story creator, um, which is really cool. You can make your their own your own Assassin's Creed like missions and 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 stories, which is really cool. I'm not sure exactly how it worked. Um, I just read a press release on that. Um, and then we got to see a couple addition. Uh, Adventure Time is coming to the free-to-play game Brawlhalla. Um, and then we saw this weird, it's always Sunny in Philadelphia star. Uh, I can't remember his name. He's a character from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Showed up to discuss a new show called Mythic Quest Raven's Banquet. Again, I don't really care for these kinds of things. It's like, let's focus on the games. This is what it's about. Even even though it's a partnership with Ubisoft and everything, it's like, leave this stuff for, for another time. Um... And I think that's pretty much it. Um, yeah, I oh yeah, we saw some like D DLC stuff coming or exclusive time mode coming to limited time event. Sorry, uh, coming to For Honor and stuff. It's really cool to see that that game as well as Siege are continuing to have support and whatnot. So, um, moving on from. Ubisoft, we had kind of funny games showcase. So I've talked about it 
many times on the podcast before, right? I'm a big kind of funny fan. They make great content. They're the content I listen to on a daily basis, practically. They do lots of podcasts on video games, as well as other like pop culture stuff and um, movies and TV shows and whatnot. And so I, I pretty much make them part of my daily re- routine to listen to and watch. And back in December, they did a kind of funny games showcase where it showcased a bunch of different indie games uh, as well as some bigger games like Judgment on on PS4 and and some other stuff like that and it was a, a big success they did really well and then they did decide to do a press conference for E3 this year and they showed off 60 plus indie games now it's 45 minutes if you're going to take anything that I ask you to do on this show, I recommend going to YouTube, giving them the view and watching that showcase. Um, this is the kind of stuff that uh, I, I highly, highly, you know, can get behind. Um, you're giving a bunch of indie developers the platform to show off their game to a, a large audience where which is great. More people are going to tune into a showcase or a direct or something along those lines, as opposed to just posting, you know, single trailers onto YouTube for people to watch. If you can pile a bunch of things together and make something and highlight them all, that's great. I'm really, it's it's awesome that the Kind of Funny crew did this back in December and then continued to do it around E3 to give these smaller games a chance to kind of show everybody what's going on. And what was really cool is seeing that the major video game media outlets like IGN and GameSpot and Kotaku and Polygon, all those big ones were reporting on Kind of Funny Game Showcase being as one of the press conferences. Like for Monday, you have Ubisoft, then you have Kind of Funny Games Showcase, and then you have Square Enix. Like it was cool seeing them alongside all these other ones. It's um, So obviously I'm not going to go, there's 60 plus games. So, and I can't go over every single game that was announced. Again, I there's too many games and it wouldn't do justice for me to explain them. But I did want to, I had a couple highlights that I wanted to mention. So the first game, Blood Roots, um, really cool game that uh, they've, I think it was, at, it's possible that was at the first game showcase. Um, anyways, uh, there was that. cool game called police stories that kind of looks like a hotline miami game but you play as cops instead um some other games that you can kind of just search for on your yourself after party raw men standby trigger witch freedom finger uh skatebird was cool it was like a, a video game where you're it's a skateboard video game but you're a bird very silly but very cool um fling to the finish Brave Earth Prologue. It kind of looked like a Castlevania game. Um, yeah, just go go and check those, those games out for yourself. Um, I guarantee just watching the showcase, you're going to see things that stick out to you. Grab, grab a pen and paper. Write down some of those games. Some of them had some release dates on them. Some of them didn't. Some of them were showing off that you can now back them on Kickstarter and everything. But write down those games so that you're, you're aware of them and you can maybe pick them up when they become available to to purchase so that's the best way to do that with that many games being announced all at once um so yeah um moving on to square enix so square enix surprised me this year we weren't really sure what 
I wasn't sure if Square Enix was going to do a press conference or like last year just show a kind of like direct presentation, a pre-recorded video and just live stream it. This was really cool that they did a traditional press conference. This was probably my favorite press conference in terms of like um, presentation and everything like that. It was a smaller theater, not as big as Microsoft's theater, obviously, or Ubisoft um, or even Bethesda for that matter. It was more intimate. You had a lot of these diehard Square Enix fans, lots of Final Fantasy fans. Um, and so they started off the show with uh, Final Fantasy VII, showing a really big look at that. Um, it's still going to be episodic. It's going to be released in portions, I guess. So the first installment is going to release March 3rd. From what they have said, Final Fantasy VII Remake, the first one that's releasing on March 3rd, is going to be essentially as big as a regular video game and they're going to release three of those. I guess it's like the best way I can kind of compare it to is like splitting up the Hobbit or something like that into three movies, right? Um, it's one story, it's one book, but same with Final Fantasy, it's one game, but let's split it up into bit, three big chunks or however many they choose to do. Um, they said it was a weird thing. They, they mentioned it was gonna take up two Blu-ray discs which was really weird, especially in this digital age. But I think they were just kind of showing like, this is how big this game is and everything like that. Uh, so we got a great look at gameplay. Um, we got to see one of the boss fights with uh, the Scorpion Dude. And I'm sorry, Final Fantasy fans. Uh, I don't know what the name of that boss is. He looked kind of like a scorpion. And the game looks r awesome. For the record, I've never played Final Fantasy VII. I never had a, a PlayStation growing up. Um, I did have a PS2, and, but as I mentioned on the show before, my sister's actually, my older sister's the, the big Final Fantasy fan. She she likes some of the earlier games as well as, you know, Final Fantasy X and X-2 and, and so on and so forth. And so I, I'm, I was never big into any JRPG games. And so I would say within the last three years, I've you know, gotten myself more interested in, in JRPGs and Japanese based IPs um, and so yeah I, I I really liked the combat style of Final Fantasy 15 and now seeing that that combat style is in this Final Fantasy 7 game it's not turn-based I'm 100% on board this game looks phenomenal it looks great looks like um, it visually looks good and it looks like it plays really well as, um, so yeah it it looks awesome. Can't wait for that game to finally get released. Speaking of Final Fantasy, again, I'm not going to be talking about everything um, that was announced because there was, if my only, my one complaint, again, sorry, I'm all over the board here, but my one complaint about Square Enix is that it felt a little long. It felt like it was dragging at certain spots because, but again, that could just be because I'm not attached to any of the, the franchises that they really talked about and whatnot. Um, because like I said, I'm not a big Japanese video game fan, um, or player, I guess I, I like them. I, I shouldn't say I'm not a fan. You know what I am saying? Uh, I don't need to beat a dead horse, but it's, uh, yeah, there was a bunch of stuff on there that I, I don't know. I, I don't want to go over everything, but final fantasy eight is getting a remaster. The reason why that was a big deal. Tim explained it on the kind of funny games watch along is 
they're, they've ran into tons of issues with licensing and music as well as like the the code for it being lost and stuff like that. And so it's cool that it's being remastered. It's always been, you know, if there's been games released or ported to something, it's always like 7, 9, 10, and so on. And so to see 8th get the remaster, um, it deserves is really cool. Um, what else do we got? We got this game called Outriders. Um, it's a new first-person shooter. Uh, got a cinematic trailer. Looked really cool. Uh, had a really cool atmosphere to it but again not much is known about it my complaint with this is they did this like behind the scenes talking to the developers but then they didn't really show off the game and so if they're going to do that i think you need to like here's here's the story of the game here's what we're doing here's what it looks like um when you just are watching talking heads again not to 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 be rude or anything but it just it, it kind of it, it gets you less engaged um Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Remaster is going to release this winter. It's, um, I think it just said 2019 still. Uh, the last Remnant Remastered released day of on Switch. Um, and then it's, yeah, because it came out on PS4 previously. Anyways, it's ported over to the Switch, the last Remnant Remastered. You can play that now. Um... What else did we get? We got a trailer for some Kingdom Hearts 3 DLC. Um, but let's... Okay. Yeah, there was some other stuff. Uh, there was a... Where is it here? Like a Secret of Mana. Those games, uh, a collection, Mana Collection, was announced, which was really cool. Uh, I don't know much about those games. I think Adam... Uh, mentioned that he is a fan of those games and um, yeah look, I'm just glad that they're bringing so many things to Nintendo Switch there's a lot of focus on the Switch and that that's great to see that it get continued support but of course we're all eagerly anticipating the the show the reveal of Avengers so my expectation was that they're just going to show a, a cinematic trailer and that was it um, no release date, no nothing. What we did get is we got a cinematic trailer, and in that trailer we did get to see some things that looks kind of like gameplay. We not only that, um, we also got to to find out who who are basically the stars behind the the heroes. So before I get into that, the Ven Crystal Dynamic is developing it. Square Enix is publishing it. The new Avengers game is going to be released May 15th, 2020, which is solid. I think that's a great time for it to come out. Um, you know, it's not like we have, we're going to have, we got no release date. It's like, here's your first look at it and here's a release date. I love when, you know, studios do that because then we don't have to, to eagerly wait, right? Like, I understand if it's a teaser and doesn't really show off, and we still know, don't know a lot about it, like something like Death Stranding, but when it's like, here's what the game is, here's kind of like, you can kind of see some gameplay-esque elements, and then we have to wait like three more years to finally find out when we can play it, that's a bummer, right? So uh, big points for me on that one. Uh, you're gonna be able to play as five playable characters, so you got your main four, Thor, Captain America, Iron Man, and Hulk, but you're also gonna be able to play as Black Widow, and sorry, I'm not excluding Black Widow as one of the main, I'm just kind of saying like, uh, traditionally you kind of think as those four 
as I'm not I swear I'm not <laughs> I'm not sexist um, but you're gonna be able to play as those five what's really cool again not to discredit the other voice actors behind some of the other characters but Troy Baker and Nolan North are playing Bruce Banner and Tony Stark which is sweet like Nathan Drake as Tony Stark is the perfect casting and then um you know Troy Baker is a fan like these are some of the best voice actors in video games out there both of them making their way into Avengers is really really cool now people were complaining about what these characters in the game look like they don't look like what they look like in the MCU and to that I say Obviously, like this is Crystal Dynamics take on the Avengers. They're not going to look identical to, they're not based on Robert Downey Jr. or Chris Evans. Um, so they're obviously going to look different. And this is their interpretation of that. And from an artist perspective, like I totally respect that. I don't get why there's a bunch of fuss over on the internet about that people complain about it and criticizing the developers behind it. Let them do them. Um, I did see a report that they mentioned, I, I think I saw an IGN on my newsfeed or something, that Crystal Dynamics is not changing the characters, they're not redesigning them or anything. That's what you're getting, so deal with it, and I'm glad that they committed to that. And again, who cares? Like, we're going to be able to play as the Avengers, like, that's awesome. Um, the game looks really cool. Basically, it's kind of, the, the setting of it is... The Avengers have opened their headquarters on the West Coast in San Francisco and Captain America dies. That's kind of very clear. But again, let's be honest, he's probably not really dead. And the Avengers are, are no longer what they used to be. And so that's why you're kind of like reassembling them and getting them back together. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see again what the gameplay looks like. And there's also some sort of like online functionality to it. Um, that I again I didn't take too many notes around that because I kind of got a little bit confused on its rollout. But there's, uh, I believe you can play the game cooperatively online. Um, the game's coming to everything. PS4 people are gonna get the the edge on it though. They got the marketing deal, meaning that we're gonna probably get those bonus contents or free updates ahead of time before it's on all the other platforms. So uh, really really excited. Looks great. One of my favorite announcements from E3 altogether. So. Uh, yeah, kudos to them. Square Enix, pretty, pretty decent conference. I would definitely put it near the top of my list. And then ending everything off, let's talk about Nintendo. So they had their direct Tuesday morning where they showed off, um, all, all their, their, all the things that they wanted to show off. Now there were some, some big get hype moments in here for me. Um, so the first thing is Animal Crossing is the new one is called Animal Crossing New Horizon. So we obviously last year got to see the game shown off at uh, one of the Nintendo Directs. It was announced, everyone was really excited, and it was slotted for 2019. Unfortunately, it has been delayed to March 20th, 2020. Um, which is, it kind of sucks because March is quite busy already. You already have Watch Dogs, you already have um final fantasy 7 and then in april you have cyberpunk coming out and then march you have avengers like it, it, it's unfortunate that they couldn't get that game for like a december release around the same time super smash brothers released it last year i think that would have been a, a really prime spot for animal crossing but 
from my understanding, uh, there was a, like some sort of report where they were talking about it, uh, interviewing. They they said that they didn't want to put their developers through crunch and make them their life a living hell to kind of get this game shipped before the end of the year, right? So I mean, take I'm not going to complain about that, of course. Like this is all bonus. I, I say it so many times. Like we're so lucky and, and privileged to to be able to play all these cr- creative, awesome games. And yeah, if that means taking a couple months more to to work on the game and and we don't get to play it a couple months later, you know, like I'm, I'm totally for that. We can survive, right? Um, we got a release date for Link's Awakening. Uh, so Link's Awakening, it's basically a remake of the Game Boy game from back in the day. It looks awesome. Uh, this was announced. I've talked about it before on the show when it was announced. It's releasing September 20th. So great time for it to come out right before everything hits uh, at the end of October and the beginning of November. November is jam-packed. Um, and so I'm glad that this is coming out in September. Uh, sp- still speaking of Zelda, Cadence of Hyrule. Of course, this is a Crypt of the Necro Dancer game that's kind of like a rhythm-based game. Um they have Cadence of Hyrule, which is uh, a Legend of Zelda version of Crypt of the Necrodancer. It's basically a se- I don't know if it's a sequel or, or if it ties into the first game, but it's a Necrodancer game, that style of game, but just set in Hyrule and everything like that. And that's out June 13th, so maybe by the time you listen to this, it, it's out. Um, Luigi's Mansion, still no release date, but it's still apparently for 2019. It has online and couch co-op, which is really, really cool. My friend Andrew is a big fan of Luigi's Mansion. Uh, it's one of his favorite games. And so I can't wait to get Luigi's Mansion 3 and, and be able to play co-op and that kind of stuff. Um, Damon X Machina, or Machina, I think, yeah, is releasing September 13th. Uh, we got a No More Heroes 3 um the announcement and that's coming out in 2020 i uh, got some more time looking at pokemon sword and shield um just a little bit uh, a couple third party games uh what else do we got oh yeah so I, I talked about this earlier um you got your collection of mana from coming out uh dragon quest 11 s definitive edition is a release for september 27th very weird because they showed this game off at square enix and that was all fan fine and dandy and then we got to see it at nintendo again and it's just like it was that and then there's dragon quest builders 2 there's a lot of dragon quest i had the freaking dragon quest theme song stuck in my head for literally like two two days after like it, it just got out of my head um and so, yeah, at Nintendo's Direct, they they showed off that this is releasing September 27th. Um, Witcher 3 is coming to Nintendo Switch. That was a big, huge announcement. I'm really awesome, really glad that... Oh, I'm doing too much talking here. Uh, I'm really glad that Witcher 3 is going to be making its way uh, to the Switch. That's a perfect game for that. Got a weird, weird trailer um, for a new Contra game called Contra Rogue Corpse. It doesn't look great and it doesn't really look like a traditional contra game but whatever um there the netflix series dark crystal is getting it uh an rpg game um oh yeah we got like a a highlight reel of spyro the dragon trilogy is coming september 3rd awesome uh nino kuni the first game is coming out september 20th 
Again, that's unfortunate because I'll, I'll be playing Link's Awakening. Uh, the Minecraft's dungeon game that I talk about is coming out. Uh, the Sinking City, Alien Isolation, and New Super Lucky's Tale, which is a Microsoft first party game. So that's kind of cool that a game like that. Of course, it's, it's not Master Chief Collection, but it's cool to see another Microsoft property making its way on there. Um, a new remake of Panzer Dragoon is coming to Switch, which is really neat. Uh, Resident Evil 5 and 6 are coming to Switch, so we're going to have more Resident Evil games to play. And yeah, that was essentially the the, the run of the mill stuff. Uh, we got to find out our Super Smash Brothers DLC. So at near the beginning of the Direct, we, we saw Dragon Quest uh, Hero Guy. I don't know what his name is. I think he's just called like the Hero. And he, he is going to be the second DLC character that is coming out this summer. Of course, we got Joker from Persona 5 earlier this year. And uh, I, I assume that Dragon Quest had something to do with it. Like Nintendo's been showing so much off of Dragon Quest um, in some of their previous Nintendo Directs as well as this one. So no, no one was surprised. Um, but then near the end of the show, they showed off. It was so awesome. So they had Donkey Kong, Diddy Kong um and they they were hanging out and you're looking at it's like okay this looks like some donkey kong donkey kong 64 stuff which is developed by rare and so you're thinking oh and then it shows the silhouette of what looks like banjo and kazooie but then we find out it's just duck hunt uh it's the dog and the bird kind of casting a shadow to look like that but you know they're just kind of doing a short little troll and then of course banjo and kazooie come out and they are the third DLC character for Super Smash Brothers, which is awesome. Like, this is the the big one that people have wanted for so long. Like, especially when we found out everything was announced, we're like, we want to see Banjo in Smash. And we finally got it, which is incredible. So a really awesome Gatorade get hype moment for me. I was I cheered, I loved it, I was very excited. Um, one of my favorite moments uh, for me three this year. So really cool. Uh, to end off the show, um, sorry, the direct, they brought up the Legend of Zelda. And so uh, they showed off that the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild sequel is currently in development. So we got this teaser trailer. It showed off Link and Zelda in this dungeon. It showed it, it was very dark. And this is awesome. Like, I'm so freaking pumped for this for a, a variety of reasons. So. The biggest reason why is for the longest time, I've always wanted a Zelda game to have the same treatment of Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. Take the same engine that the you know Ocarina of Time was made in and basically just make a brand new game. You don't need to improve the graphics or change the style. Just make it look exactly the same, but put us in a new world with different things going on and a new story for us to, to, uh, to discover. That is something that we haven't had in such a long time. And I'm so glad that they're giving, that's what they're, the vibe I'm getting from this is that it's still in the high role that is in Breath of the Wild. And it's basically a sequel to that. And um, so it's going to look the same. It's probably going to have a lot of the similar mechanics, but it's going to be bigger than just a DLC pack, right? It's going to be a full-fledged new game. Um, so I'm so excited. Who knows when that will come out? I mean, they had enough to show a teaser trailer, but... As we know as gamers, it could be next year that we get a release date or it could be five years or who knows, right? So I'm really pumped 
and excited about that. So that about wraps up uh, my highlights of each of the press conferences talking about all the major things. Of course, um, all of these, these things you can just kind of watch for yourself over on YouTube, but I did want to take the time to talk about all the things that stuck out to me and things I had thoughts around because that's what this show is all about is just sharing my opinions on, on the news. Now, I did want to rate all the press conferences from worst to greatest on what I thought had the best showing and what had the worst showing. Um, I will say altogether E3 this year wasn't as big and exciting as it has been in previous years. Like I mentioned on the top show, we didn't have PlayStation there. Um, it was really weird. Uh, I should mention that we did have EA play on Saturday. And so we did get a good gameplay look at Jedi Fallen Order. That was the biggest highlight from that. And so I'm pumped for that. That's coming out this November. Again, it's it's tough because it's coming around out the same time Pokemon Sword and Shield as well as Death Stranding. So it's kind of like time management. Am I going to be able to get it or, you know, is that going to be a game I maybe pick up closer to Christmas? Who knows? Um, but the overall, the, the conferences this year lacked a little bit of that oomph I was looking for. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and rate these. So at the bottom, I would have to say Ubisoft did the poorest job. Um, they didn't really have any big major announcements. I mean, Watch Dogs 3 was the biggest highlight from that show. That's a brand new game announcement. I'm not underselling that by any means, but it, other than that, we didn't really get any of those big moments. We didn't get Splinter Cell, which was something that I was really, really hoping for. I thought it was going to be like the final moment, like start the show off strong by showing Watch Dogs at the beginning and then end it off with a new Splinter Cell game, which is really, really unfortunate that we didn't get that. And yeah, altogether, I just thought the press conference, there wasn't a lot of like exciting moments for me, at least while watching it. So um, yeah, and then uh, above them, I would put Bethesda's. I, again, they had some really great announcements in there. They had, you know, um, they did have Ghostwire Tokyo as well as Deathloop and a big look at Doom Eternal, but and, you know, I, I am excited for Wolfenstein Youngblood. But besides that, everything else, like, I, I honestly don't really care about too much, right? So, um, yeah, I the, so we got Ubisoft, Bethesda, and then I would put Microsoft. Um, again, really good conference, but not a great conference. Cool, solid games that were shown off and announced, you know, big things like Microsoft acquiring Double Fine, talking about... Uh, you know, some, some of those things like cyberpunk and uh, Keanu Reeves, like that's a great moment, but again, just didn't blow me out of the water. I would then put Square Enix next because I, I just thought that their press conference was, was good. I liked it. Um, although I can't relate to a lot of the series, I thought that they did a good job with Final Fantasy VII. I thought they did a good job with Avengers ending the show off there. Um, I like that kind of kind of format to a press conference. Let's start off on like a really big note and end on a big note. And then number one, I got to put Nintendo. Um, Nintendo, they just, they, they just amaze me. Um, I really enjoyed the conference. The, the biggest moment was the, the breath of the wild. I did not expect that at all, like at all. And so that was a big surprise, which was really cool. And, uh, yeah, it, you know, 
there there was cool things shown often that i'm really interested in like astral chain i i will be picking up animal crossing when it comes out as well as luigi's mansion um but you know you like your banjo dlc and then just the the excitement and hype of showing off the release date for Link's awakening like those are all things that i can get behind for sure so um but when it's said and done outside of those my favorite moment of e3 like i said is the kind of funny game showcase that's what gaming is to me and what gaming should be about and where its focus should be not these big commercial productions all the time it's about the games and about the people who make the games and so that is is priceless and stands out above the rest so um yeah that's what i thought about e3 this year i'm really interested in hearing your guys's thoughts around uh the the event this year uh did you catch any press conference if you did let me know what you thought um because maybe you disagree with some of these points of course these are just what i think of all the press conferences it's really cool uh to see online on some of the forums uh, that i'm a part of and then seeing on reddit of people ranking the press conferences very differently from me and um so that's just cool that you know everyone has different takes on what they like and what games they're they're uh, they include in their ecosystem and whatnot so yeah um next week i i not not necessarily next week but in a future episode i am going to have adam back of course he did the predictions episode we just ran into a little bit of scheduling on my side that couldn't make it work i was hoping to have him back to talk about our predictions but we will do a follow-up we'll go over the predictions we made and we'll find out who won i don't know if i actually mentioned this in the predictions episode but whoever walked away with having the most predictions right uh, the other person had who lost had to buy them a $10 virtual gift card, either like a Nintendo eShop card or a PSN card or something like that. Uh, so there's a little bit of raising the stakes there. So uh, I think Adam won. I got quite a few wrong, um, but we'll have to count those up and next time he's back on the show. So uh, yeah, that's, that's it for this week. We will talk to you guys next week. There's so many things to talk about um, outside of E3 that... I wanted to talk about I wanted to I do want to talk about at some point Call of Duty Modern Warfare being announced and um, actually yeah I have a lot of thoughts around that particularly I do want to talk more about Google Stadia and stuff so yeah there this this was the the biggest news part of the year right we're going to continue to have things and news sprinkling until Christmas here right um so yeah, thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe. Please, if you're listening on iTunes, just take that extra couple seconds to leave a review uh, for the show. That goes such a long way. Um, and then also share this podcast with with your friends. If you know somebody who likes video games and is up to date on what's going on in the industry and whatnot, recommend them the show. I'd like to, to widen my audience as much as possible. Um, so yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Games Are Fun, and we will talk to you guys next week. See you later.